This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Before we continue where we stopped last week in reading Exodus 32, let's read the book of Psalm 103 verse 7. Psalm 103 verse 7. Let's check something quite instructive there. The Bible says, He made known His ways unto Moses and His acts unto the children of Israel. He made known His ways unto Moses. So there are acts of God and there are ways of God. Glory to God. We read about golden calf last week. You remember? The Bible says he made no. The second place I want us to read is in Psalm 95, verse 10. Psalm 95, verse 10. Forty years I was grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do hell in their hearts. And they have not known my ways. They're going to errors always. And the reason is that they have not known my ways. And then consequently, verse 11. Verse 11. The Bible says that, Unto whom I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. When people don't know the ways of God, they err in their hearts. And when they err in their heart, they cannot enter into God's rest. What made them to ask for the golden calf? They did not know the ways of the Lord. There is the ways of the Lord. There are precepts of God. There are principles of God. Anytime a group of Christians are interested in the acts of God and they are not interested in the ways of God, they are going to commit blunders. Hallelujah. This is why teaching ministry can be more or is more important than power ministry. Power ministry is important as well. But the teachings of God's word the ways of God must be understood. You can have your seat this evening. Are you alive tonight? Shout a living amen. amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I was in a meeting one time, and uh, which I've said before, a few times I feel like just creating a pause or just pausing for a while and speaking to people correcting some abnormalities in the kingdom at least the little way I can I was in the meeting and there were so so they did not tell oh be ministering each night and so a man of God came and he began to teach about rightly positioning yourself to follow God and he talked about your parents, elders in your life, 
your relationship, how it should be with them. And I saw a lot of young guys in that meeting. As the man was teaching, the elders were getting blessed. The young people were going now because a night before, the person that ministered scattered chairs. And the person that ministered that scattered chairs, you know, people falling under power, and then was supposed to come uh, the following night, but then we, the, it was rescheduled for another meeting, maybe morning session of the third day. So all those guys who came, and where I sat, I said, see the curiosity seekers. So the man did not shake chairs. So that, that didn't impress them. Many of them students, somewhere terminated to the message because it was not a power administration, they started going out. Is it display of broken chairs once or instruction that will build your life? God can move and things can happen. I'm just showing people that great people, mature people, live by instruction, not by force and acrobatics. The people you call Nepils in the kingdom, the uninitiated, the babes, they are moved by somebody's falling and then that one and people don't bother to ask that after falling and rising, what has happened to you? Elijah <laughs> after calling down fire, then he ran away. When Jezebel said she was going to kill him and then he got to where God was and he said, God, I'm tired. I just want to die. I'm sure God would have been like, so why did you run? If you wanted to die, should have de- let Joseph kill you. I don't kill you. Joseph should have killed you. Well, he just knew that there was something about God. Mercy. So he came to harass God. I see it's enough. I want to die. But when the one that was ready to kill you was ready, you ran away. <laughs> now you are before the good heavenly father and you are now saying, I want to die. Like some people do during burial. <laughs> I started learning wisdom when I was very young. My landlord died. And the daughters. I mean, so they were, you know, all these are the parade before the man in the casket on the, uh, what they call it, a uh, line estate or whatever. Everybody will. And she, that scene touched me deeply as a young boy. Remember, that was my first time of standing before a dead body. I mean, this man, this man was very nice. He used to go, he would come, he was the uh, director of the old Nepal in Ogun State. Then, no, he would come, he was staying up, the flats always staying down, but he was going up the house. And then he would come. He will play with us and then he will run up. He was always running upstairs at his age. All children just loved him. So when he died, he made out with the announcement. He died and he touched us deeply. So that day I was trying to look into the coffee. And the daughter passed. Oh, daddy. Oh. And I was going to carry that. And it meant a lot to me that wow. She was touched. But one hour after, she began to argue over meats. And they were calling her name and she was digging the dance. And I said, My, you know, honestly, as a young boy, I was just wondering, was she the one that fainted? Then I, then I realized that she fainted when her husband was behind her. <laughs> 
That's why you must have a good husband. <laughs> so what are you now? Four, four. <laughs> You're on your own. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Or oh, you see people always say, say, I'm going to kill myself. Those who really want to kill themselves, don't tell anybody. As a matter of fact, they wait till there's nobody around and they do what they want to do. When you start announcing, you just want sympathy. You don't want to die. It's enough. I'm tired of life. I'm dying. Those who are tired, they, they, they just write a note. They wait for everybody to go out and do whatever they want to do. Those are people who really want to die. But by the time you start announcing, brother, you don't want to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And our sound engineer once did it to one guy like that. Who just came for the first time. Wanted to arouse all of us for money. I mentioned, I see from, he said, look, I'm tired of life. I'm going to. He didn't know that I was talking to the wrong people. What can be had? He said, I just want to die. And they just told that, just go outside the gate. That was the former venue. And stand by the road. When they clear you, will come for your body. He shocked the guy. He said, I open. I'm like, well, are these Christians or not? Of course, they knew he was just trying to harass them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, Elijah got to the mountain. As he was complaining, the first thing God did was to send an angel to give him food. Hunger was part of his problem. <laughs> they said, a hungry man. <laughs> so the angel woke him and said, oh boy, all those what you are saying, Heavenly Father, I know you have eat. And he eat. And he ate. The angel appeared again. Second, I said, eat again for the journey is far. And the man that wanted to die kept eating. And then the angel said for the third time, eat again for the journey. And he ate. Uh-huh. Then he climbed Mount Oreb for 40 days. A time of retreat with God is a time, I will talk more about this on Sunday, God corrects the fundamental mindsets that are harmful and hurtful to you. And there are many of them. I will talk about mindset. We started warfare. Talking about imagination and knowledge. I'm going to talk about except you change from within. Don't expect any tangible change outside. And the most demonic stuff to deal with is not demons. They are internal strongholds. Adamic power is more powerful than satanic power. And it resides inside you. There is a way you'll be made to go. If certain adjustments are not made, you cannot receive God's plan for your life and walk in the fullness of it. As a matter of fact, the more adjustments are made inside, the more you are able to walk in the light of God's plan for your life. That is what I want to talk about on Sunday. How do we change? How do we change? One day I was listening to Andrew Womack. Maybe I will start this way. I was like, oh, I'll move something else now. He was such a big giver. Andrew Womack preached everywhere in the, on the street, seven something now in America. Now, what people know about him, of course, his son once died and he brought his son back to life. They attacked the boy in a morgue. They put, uh, start, he died five hours. And when, after 30 minutes, he was satisfied, satisfied, completely dead. They put it in a morgue, tagged him, and he walked in five hours with his wife and just called the boy. He started talking to him, and the boy started responding and he came back to life. 
I mean, scattered the plane. Then his wife once died. And Roma does not have a church. He has Bible schools across the world. In his Bible school, I think he said that last year alone, maybe they, they built building worth, if you convert to Naira, about 20 billion Naira in about 14 nations. One man. No nation, I mean, and he lives a very, he drives very simply, no extra care. I don't think he has private. He lives a very simple life. Yet they spend billions. I think one that I heard him say that every day he must have maybe about 15 million Naira every day to be on TV because he's on over 60 TV stations. One man. And he began to tell people what led to this. That for years, he got born again very in life, was in the military. He loved God so much that they drew naked pictures of women in the bunker where he was as a military person. So he wouldn't look up. He would put his Bible on his eyes like this for hours upon hours. That was where the strength of the world came from. And when he started pastoring himself and his wife nearly starved to death. He said no matter the healing death, he opened, they just never had money. Never. He will plan a big meeting. He will just have enough money for that meeting. After the meeting, he will still remain broke. And the only thing God told him was, God, which God told Kenneth again also, that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Because one day, Roman said, Lord, I've always been a giver of my life. He said, in the midst of those poverty, that's why I was looking for $100 for house rents. And instead of believing God for 100 it was believing God for 120 dollars so I would give 20 to somebody else. That was the man. He said there was nothing he had in the midst of that power that he never gave out. And the day the Lord would speak to him, he just heard the silent voice of the Lord. Andrew, you've always obeyed me. But there is an adjustment inside. You grew up become believing that a Christian shouldn't be rich. The day God will tell you things that are inside you, it will shock you. You will not know that some things are there. There are silent voices in your hearts that cry against your prayer, prayer point coming from your lips. And once there is disunity, nothing can be built. I told there is the unity of you and your friends praying together. There is a unity of your soul, your spirit and your body saying the same thing. When power will break forth from your life, your spirit, soul and body must be in the same alignment. They must be on one line. They must say the same thing. When you believe something in your spirit and in your soul, and that is what you are saying in your, in your mouth, there is no power that can stop that from coming to pass. Many times Christians make confession that their soul contradicts. That's the Bible says that the people are not with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That means your lips can say something and your heart is far from what you are saying. I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. It is in the place of prayer. When Elijah got to the mountain, God said, go stand. And the Bible says, God passed by. That is 1 Kings 19. By a strong wind. And the wind, the wind was breaking mountains. And Elijah stood. That's how big boys in the spirit do. Now this one don't move us. After the wind, the Bible said there was an earthquake. Can you imagine you alone on Mount Oreb that took you four days to get there and you saw a force breaking mountains all around you? Elijah just stood. This is not a problem. And the Bible says after the, after the earthquake, fire. Imagine volcanic eruption and Elijah just stood there. And the Bible says after the fire. And the Bible says after the earthquake fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. If we start from it, it was the Lord moving by wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. This is very deep. 
Maybe I will talk about this one day. God asked, Benin asked God what happens when people fall under the anointing is missing. Go to verse, verse, verse 11. Go stand on the mountain and behold, the Lord passed by. Who passed by? And a great and strong wind rained mountains and breaking pieces rolled before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. <laughs> God is deep, man. Can you imagine he is the one passing by the wind and it's not in the wind? How do you explain that? Exodus 24. God told Moses one day to tell all the elders to come to the mountain. And the Bible says, when they got to the mountain, they saw the Lord God of Israel. He sat on a throne. And the Bible even described the pavement under him crystal clear. And when the people saw him, 72 elders, they shook. And they sat down there, they began to eat, and somebody sat on the ground and was looking at them. But when you read John at number one, Moses did not eat with them. When they thought they saw God and they ended the party and went back, Moses went and said, show me your glory. And God said, you know what? You can't see my face, but you can see my back. What did those guys see? In glory, there are dimensions. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So this same thing that happened here, that they saw God on the throne, yet they did not see God. Well, the same thing that happened to Elijah. The Lord was in the wind, but the, the Lord moved by the wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the Bible says, after the fire, there was a still small voice. This is what experts, this is what mature people, this is what those fathers in the spirit, this is what those who have worked with God, this is where they pay attention, voice. Imagine the man that stood and didn't blink an eye when the fire was, all those, all those things were happening. As soon as he heard the voice, Look at the next thing he did. Verse 13. And it was so when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. Once he heard the voice, just covered his eyes and ran away. Fire didn't move him, wind didn't move him, but the voice moved him. Voice. This is one of the ways of the Lord that believers must be acquainted with. One of the ways of the Lord that instructions are more important than power. That the voice is more important than any other movement. Whatever meeting you go to as a child of God, look for the voice. Look for God speaking to you. And the voice is not audible. It's not loud many times. It's called a still small voice. A still small voice. After... Can I take you? So, you saw Jesus about 10 times or so. I, I don't remember. In appearance. More than most people, because if Jesus will appear to you at a time, more, it might just be once in your life. One, one, one is enough. He appeared with Tielos born once. That was what gave birth to all these miracle crusades you see around. It doesn't appear every now and then. Because your flesh can't even stand it anyway. But again, I had the privilege of seeing him many times. And one of the things he said, because there is something that presence of glory communicate that flesh might not be able to. One day I was listening to about Debra and he said, that even though he's seen an angel many times, but every time they appear, so you still shake. Because mortal body can't contain certain things. Somebody tells you that I just saw an angel. Well, someday they can appear in a diminished form. But if you truly see an angel, you will not want to see another one. 
Those guys are eyeballs like fire. If they look at you, why do you think they always say fear not to people? Is it a greeting? That when they appear, the first thing they said is fear not. Everybody appeared to. Because fear will catch you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Even the traces of their presence, when you don't even see anything, can scare you. The night I was praying here, and there was nobody by the keyboard, and it started playing by itself. That was my keyboard. And I was outside praying, so I came in there around maybe 12, 1 there, and I sat on the seats. Then there were video editors at the back, about two or three of them, they were working. So they actually thought I was one playing. Beautiful melody. I don't know how to play keyboard. So I came in and I was now walking towards my office around to one. And they were like, oh, Pastor, so you, play, you can play keyboard like that. That wow. That they were hearing the, I said, me? I don't know how to play keyboard and I didn't play anyone. Then they thought it was Sam that was there and Sam was not even around. Um, the impact of the prayer, I knew what happened immediately because one of them spoke to me at the corridor here. That's why we play worship songs all around. He said, do not always, I was walking. He had told me before. Then just said, I have said, you should always play worship every now and then. This church come. I said, for a night two weeks, you haven't played now. And the guy just went. That was about all he said. I didn't see him, but I heard what he said. So that was when I came in to see that. And the, the, <laughs> the impact of that short stuff. The guys at the back could not sleep again. They slept together. <laughs> so they switch on the lights. So I told her that. Does that now stop him from appearing to you? So if he wants to appear, you'll think what you have just done. But you could tell that there was a presence in the hall. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you with me? I know there are many of you listening to me. You can't sleep in a dark room alone. I see putting on the bulb will stop demons. So when they are coming and they see that, ah, Bobby's son. So go back and say, Satan, we can't attack him. He just put on lights. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you should see some. I, I broke that fear. It was part of my life while growing up. As a young boy, I would go and watch horror film and then to sleep would be a problem. Serious one. When I was saying, <laughs> okay, don't let me say it. This is embarrassing, but don't let me say it. <laughs> But some of you probably you've done the same thing before. I was so scared one day that I wanted to go to the band. There was no bedroom in my room to go to bedroom to eat myself, and I could not move. And then I turned to the wall. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has done something like that. <laughs> my dad dealt with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the bad part about those that you will, they will start another day, another one. You will carry yourself and go and watch again. Don't feed yourself with things you don't want to see. Don't sow a seed of the harvest you don't want. You don't want to commit fornication adultery. Why watching pornography stuff? Why spending time on Facebook? Or, uh, why, why even pausing at all for a while to look at pictures that can affect you? Why? The Bible says if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. Most guys that are ministered to say they deal with masturbation and that the starting point, Atabu should start from the root, not from the top. Don't cut a tree from the top. What is fueling those things? If you starve your soul of where it's getting the supply from, 
to be manifested in form of love. It's a form of loss. Loss will die. It's just a matter of time. Stab the soul. Block all those avenues. Jesus was trying to say that when he said that when your eyes is causing you to sin, block it out. Not that you should take that block out your physical eyes. Block everything that is contributing to the pollution of your soul. You have power over that. You do. I've always said to people here, and I've encouraged people that who are at one time that maybe they fall into uh, young boys into sex and all those, and I've just been like, look, people attack step seven. What you don't kill at step one, you can't stop at step seven. Once you love somebody, surely when you start getting into uh, touching one another, your body becomes weak for the person. If she says, I'm coming to your house to see you, it is easier to say on phone, don't come, than when she's already around to control what will happen when she's around. So do the one that is easiest. Do the easiest one. Don't come. It's easier to say that. Why? When you're around, I'm a, just say it as it is. I can't control myself when you're around. So it's better you don't come. If I come, you come with somebody and live with that person also. <laughs> are, are, are you with me? Very important. <laughs> Glory to God. Not that you come with somebody, that one lives and then the two of you are alone again. <laughs> Glory. I say we meet outside. See, you can't be crazy enough to remove your clothes outside. It shows that there is a way to control some of these things, even from the physical. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Is someone blessed already? We have not even started talking about what way. So, anyway, part of his ways, he made known his ways to Moses. How did this happen? That's why I want to stop tonight. Moses too was not, he didn't drop from heaven. But something worked for Moses. Spending time on the mount with the Lord. Spending time on the mountain with the Lord. There is no Christianity outside. Every Christian is spending time with the Lord. It is there that it begins to walk on your inside. It's not an overnight job. Then the ways of the Lord, they begin to uh, take over you and your own ways that you have learned and the ways of this world, they begin to get smaller and smaller until they disappear from your life. They never understood what Moses understood. And that conflict lasted. Then God swore that I said, they will never enter into my rest. Rest is still available. We will talk more about this on Sunday. Jesus in Matthew 16, God reports and he paused and he said, he asked the disciples, who do men say I am? And they said, some said this. He said, okay, who do you say I am? One of the fundamental questions that Christians must answer, what do you think about the word of God? What do you think about church? What do you think about the Bible? What do you think about a pastor? If the understanding is faulty, 
your relationship with all these entities will be faulty. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Amen. So, mm, I started with talking about Andrew's story. That was all the Lord told him. And all of a sudden, he began to study scriptures on the prosperity of a Christian. And he began to see, number one, it is God's perfect will for me to prosper. That alone is what has led to what is happening in his life today. From a very poor man and his wife to a billionaire probably in dollars now. And that's why they still live a very simple life. They've seen it all. And Kenneth said the same thing, that that was what God told him. He said, son, you are obedient, but you are not willing. Ah, He said, he had never heard that kind of thing before. Because he, he said, God, there's nothing you've told me to that I have not done. But I am poor, I'm broke. It's like poverty is more stubborn than sickness. When it sticks to a family, it tends to want to cross from one generation to another. The same thing goes for average spirit. Average. There are family who can't even they can't count any one of them who has fortune. It's always everybody managing. Even though they are all scholars. They, this one has got PhD because education does not exactly solve this all. Somebody can go to school. He will live a better life in terms of now he, he wears ties to maybe works in the corporate but if he checks himself he is still always falling short. Never having enough. And he said they can tell that it happened to Papa, Grandpa. That it's, it's, it's always. And then he gives back to his son. He sent him to school abroad. That one graduated from school abroad. It's always, even in London, deficits. I have people I know like that. They're always behind their bills, even over there. And bills are crazy over there. I don't joke with them. Because abundance is not about where you dwell. It's about what dwells in you. Are you with me? You see, I say this by, by the grace of God. Many times when I travel out, people that I send to help me get things when I don't want to go out, I give to them. I give to some people over there. Actually, when I see a family and I see that they are trying to struggle, I give to This is one of the reasons, one of the major reasons why all my years abroad, I have never spent one night, one, one, one night in anybody's house. I stay, I don't, I don't, I don't stay in people's house. This is also why I don't stay abroad for a long time. I don't stay. I do seven days, eight days, because I pay for I pay for hotel, and the wisdom is to cut your days so that you don't overspend. Yeah, I've never stayed in anybody's house before for two reasons: because I'm a pastor. Even when they don't have, they try to please you. They want to give you the, and I don't want to leave, and then they are down financially. Number two, because a lot of people come to see me when I I can't. Last time, some people were waiting at 1 a.m. I can't be in someone's house. They might be the quiet, private family. People will now come and see me and stay in their city room. People that they don't know, I'm the one who knows them. And stay in the house till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I just don't, I don't believe in all those things. So let me be in a neutral place. Anybody that wants to come and see me. And now this is my own room. So I can, I can tell you till any time. And I, I like it that way. Praise the Lord. Because many families will not tell you what they are going through. Or pastor is around, so they just want to make you. So, 
whatever they want to do, even when they don't want, they still want to go out of their way to do something. And sometimes it's killing them, and it's not very good. So the bad part of that is that children who are struggling in that kind of home, when they see that, it looks to them as if all the goodies are being given to the pastor. They can grow up in resentment against God. And it has happened. Many things that you see, that's what happened to them when they were young. So that's why churches must be very careful about things like this. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. As you pray, as you fellowship, when I say pray, let me stop this way, which I've told you, don't pray, don't stop at you talking while praying. I have discovered that there is a certain level in prayer that it's at that point that the Lord begins to speak to you. That is why the Bible used the word wait upon the Lord. At times you are through what you want to say. Can you just do yourself a favor? Sit down there for another 30 minutes. Don't rush out. Prayer is more than, it's not a monologue. It's not you talking alone. Many times God wants to say something to you. But are you patient enough to hear? I still said it last week. Sometimes switch up the light in your room and sit on a chair alone. Father, I love you. I just thank you. And keep quiet. Moments like that, God's voice will start coming to you gradually. After practicing it for a while, you'll get so used to his voice that you can tell that the Lord, this is what the Lord is saying. Most times, most times, the Lord will not say, but what's your name again? God will not say, see me next five weeks you are going to Canada <laughs> and you are going to be there and your husband is in Canada is in uh, uh, um, Ontario and you many times God will not say by June you are going to have five billion communication in the realm of the spirit is deeper than a voice Oh God. <laughs> a voice is part of it. In the presence of God, as you fellowship with Him, what is in the heart of the Father will be stamped upon your spirit. The more you stay with Him, the clearer it becomes. It is called, you will just start knowing that this is what will happen. This is how, if you hear audible, if you hear a voice, they are just in between once in a while. The most common is what is called an impression. You will just know. Yeah. Because as you stand before the Father, what is in his heart for you will come up in your heart also. And the more you fellowship, it starts like a shadow. It's like you are watching something so that the true writing on it. Because actually, remember that eternity is written in the heart of men. He has already written his plan in your heart, but it's covered by many things. The light of his presence will start removing all the debris covering it. So you just keep knowing that this is it, this is it, this is it. The more you fellowship with don't it is funke. You just know. You know, some of those buildings that this man I mentioned built at Roma miraculously, that he said there was none that all of them debt free. He said they, they are at a point now, whatever they want to buy, they buy in cash. They intimidate people now because they don't use cash in America many times. But they, they intimidate people with cash. They pay in cash. 
Yes. You know, it, it's amazing. I think one, one, one day I was somewhere in Texas, and uh, one of the sisters who used to be here and her husband came, and they wanted to, so they said, uh, they, actually they were the ones, I'm sure they, maybe they are watching now, uh, they forced me to go to Texas because it wasn't a very palatable situation in the sense that in about 13 days, I was in about six cities. I was flying every two days. I know the way their country is. I mean, they, there was one that from New York to California is six hours by flights in one country. That's like going from here to London in one country. So I thought, you know the way your country is. I'm the one traveling around. And so I said, Pastor, please stop by in Texas. And Texas was not part of my plan. But I love them so much. I said, okay, okay, I will see what I can do. Because 4 a.m. I was going to the airport. One day, Apostle Man called me. I said, Apostle, it is 4 a.m. in America. We'll talk another time. He said, ah, Pastor, let's I said, it's 4 a.m., sir. He said, oh, God, Pastor, God bless you. <laughs> He's such a caring person. I said, you know, you understand what I'm saying? So I, I stopped. And they were so happy. So they got me a room. I said, I will do three nights there. And then the wife... She's from South-South. Um, so she made the dikaikon. Things I don't even eat in Nigeria. I, I don't do swallow all those things. So, so <laughs> I only rice and indomie every day of my life. So, so, so <laughs> if I want to, so that, that's it. My life is very straightforward and very predictable. Once in a while, they force swallow on me, but it's just not my... I can eat rice for 50 years without getting tired. Just let it be jollof fried. Just be alternating. Even if it is white, I'm just fine. Next to rice is indomie. Nowadays, I'm forcing myself, because of what the Italians are saying, to start forcing myself to eat other things. It's just not, pardon me. I did not, we are not fasting as a church or anything, but I'm not eating today. I only took coffee in the morning, and that's all. So, I have a very, I don't know why I'm not skinny sincerely. I think it's grace. Because <laughs> this is how I live. The same thing happens after every breakfast after three yesterday, every breakfast after three on Monday, every breakfast maybe after four, after church on Sunday, after everything. And that's, that's how I do. So fasting from Monday to evening is just very easy for me. I mean, so, amen. Yes, I just took small coke just before service, about two hours ago. Are you following me? Amen. Why not? This is the funny thing. When you now say you want to fast, your stomach will now start rebelling. The flesh is a bastard. <laughs> very, very mean and wicked. <laughs> are, are, you, are you following me? Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, God. I was saying something before that. So, I know, the funny thing was that they now wanted to so they wanted to pay for the room with the card. Very beautiful hotel. And the card was hanging or something. There was an issue with the card. So I just brought out some dollars on my pocket. So the girl, the, the receptionist, an American. I popped. So the husband said, Pastor, don't flash money here. That we do most transactions. You know, that's what the cards. He said, We were not used to seeing cash. I went to Jerry Savile's ministry and I wanted to buy some materials. And I, I just, I, I want to pay cash. And I, and I saw that they, they said, you know, over there they, they are not used to, they don't, uh, they use card for everything. Somebody came to me in the hotel and I was like, I needed water. And it was a card, card to buy water 
If that was funny to me, I said, I said, our card, they are not that reliable. I use card for every single thing. Just bottle water, warm water. It's like you want to buy Coke outside. You're telling the man I'm selling Coke. Now it's card you want. I said, sir, I said, there are places we use card. When you go to shop, right? I said, there are places we use cash in Nigeria. And it's better. What shocked me? I just said that you can be anywhere. Many of them, some of them, I haven't seen that. Uh, maybe one thousand or two thousand dollars in one piece that you have, like on for maybe two hundred dollars, and you have plenty of them with you. It's not common. Many of them. As of my friend, so when he went to do his masters in Harvard, he went to bank and he withdrew ten thousand dollars. And the white girl that went with him told him that in all my life, she's an American. This is my first time of seeing ten thousand dollars once. I think as he gave half of it. Yeah, go and change your thinking. <laughs> a poor man was insulting one rich man. And the man said for insulting me, so he gave the guy one million. The guy wanted to fight before. He wore his clothes back and prostrated before the man. What a way to change a person. The man said, you say awful things, instead of me to get angry. This is how I demonstrate anger. Take money. When the guy saw the money, ah, he said, Josa, <laughs> are you with me tonight? But away from that, what I'm just saying today is I'm talking about the ways of God. Let his ways be made known to you and realize that this is done in the place of prayer. But you can't. What I started with last week, people, they get born again and they still want to practice the ways of this world, even in the church. What makes people go elder skeleton? What makes people, they are in a church, they have a prophet, they have this one here, they have this one here. What is getting people into all those things? Part of his way, I'll talk about it one day, when issues come up before you, how do you react? I learned from men who love God. One man said that, this is a man in America who blesses lives. Three brand new cars got spot in three days. And he told the person around, he said, it's just a car, don't worry. He said there was a fire, there was fire break in the entire neighborhood. And the wife just picked some precious things from the house, the ones she could pick. But then the bulk of their store was left. And as the entry guy, the wife turned back and tapped us and said, I just wanted to let you, I just want you to know. If they get born, we are prayed over for God to provide. If they get born, they are just stuff. And I said, I like the way you are thinking. We will not bow our head and cry once. Have you seen the way some believers do when they lose money? Money. Billy Graham said that when money is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, everything is lost. There is a way, way. Something that some of us give because we have so much money. We have so much money by faith. We give because we are liberal by nature. Glory to God. And it will test from both small things and big things. Church started, service was horrible that day. Very, maybe we were just about six. Somebody just walked out to me after service as an encouragement. I think gave me maybe a thousand or so. The first year of the church. 
I was courting with Shola Adegboe then. I was not married, courting with Shola I stopped by at uh, a station or which one and bought food just to console myself. Of praying from Monday to Sunday, I expect us to be about 25 and just about 8. But the consolation was that somebody gave money. So I bought the food. As I walk inside the gate joyfully, the Fulani guy that was the Megha, Shola's Megha, the daughter with her hijab sat on the floor there. And I heard inside my spirit, give that food to that girl. Uh, this one. <laughs> the girl didn't even greet me. So I don't know, can I excuse her, Lord? Eh? So I first of all went inside. Even though I know I wouldn't disobey, I put it on the table. I said, what kind of thing is this? I went to give her. She grabbed it. Look right, look left. Her parents will not see. They get the man. And she ran to one corner. On the stand, she devoured the whole thing. At the beginning, she was sitting, it looked as if she was sitting my liver. <laughs> but after a, while, after a while, I said, no problem. <laughs> Days like that, the spirit of grace will rest on you. It might be all that God wants to achieve. It's just to kill guilt in you. That's all. There is a way. We need to talk about this to believers. Just before, about three hours ago, I was listening to a man of God, and he was talking about, he sat at the front of his, when he was in university, and care guys were doing the display. And he saw one boy, he just called that one, that come, why are you part of care guys? And he began to talk to the guy. The guy followed him to the room, long and short, led the guy to Christ, ministered to the guy, and then the guy started coming to the room almost every day. They would pray till midnight, then they would read, and then they would go for lectures. And then he was a prayer coordinator of his fellowship. And the guy was growing alongside with him in prayer. And all of a sudden, it was time for the oldest coast to hand over. And they started. Everybody in the fellowship believed he was going to be the next president. He was already ministering to more people than the president. As the prayer people come to his room, it's a name, you know, but I don't want to mention it. Every was ministering to people. And they started calling the position. So, you know, they were, and then they called the president. And it was his protege that was the president. He said he died inside. Then he said, well, maybe they felt I was doing well as a prayer coordinator. They wanted to leave me in prayer. <laughs> then they called someone else as the head of prayer. He said, this time around, he fainted. Inside. Then, they announced him as the head of ushering team. And one day, the protege told him that, go and do something. And maybe he said he wasn't fast enough. And he said that you are very rebellious. I started talking. I said, well, are you angry that I'm your president? And he said, no, no, sir, I'm not angry. He served very well. And he said something. He said, you will think the story went that God now did, God did nothing. <laughs> the, the story ended that I was hushed till the end. But do you know it never ends in God? He came to preach in a particular redeemed church here. And a protocol officer that came to open the door for him kept saying that, you don't know my face. He said, no. He said, you don't know my face. And the guy wrote his name on the card. Because people were there and showed him. It was that guy. Now, 
it was a protocol following him to the hotel, helping him carry, to carry everything, and then he remembered. What about if he got offended then? Even though serving somebody doesn't make you smaller, it means nothing. If I'm in the protocol department, it doesn't make whoever you are serving bigger than you. It's just what you are supposed I have found out that many times they understand this even in foreign countries. That they get serve you food that does not mean you can ride that. But here, because people beg for money, they tend to. No, 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 no. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you watch, that's what I love about the statement made in this film, made in Manhattan. We have seen the film before. And the Jennifer Lopez also. The head of the hotel, when he wanted to resign, he said so that we serve, he said that we serve these rich people does not mean we are their servants. Serving people and being someone, being someone, they are two different things. I serve because it's my job to serve you. But it does not mean I'm your servant. I get what I'm saying. These are the things. What, what makes believers to react to things? People react. Somebody leaves them, they react. Somebody, and we say, if in this world alone we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. Let me tell you the truth. You will have to walk away from some things. When we pray for protection, and all, it does not mean at times that things will happen that will pay you. Yes. But there is a way great people look at things. Because they came into one, one day and then they stole all their luggage and he just said, No problem. I know whether it's a or which man of God that came to Nigeria and they stole all the cameras they brought. And the Holy Spirit don't even think about it. He said, Sow it to their lives. So he stood and he said, You know what? I saw it. Just to kill that feeling of why will God allow something to I don't know. But sometimes God, the Father's priority is that self leaves you completely. Completely. Yes. It makes you serve someone that you know that you are better than and sincerely you are more knowledge than the person. But when you do, watch what will happen later. Because the father can lift people once he notices that there's no self anymore. There's no personal ambition. There's no self. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Shall we rise? Oh, thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. Father, we thank you. We ask for grace by the Spirit to walk in the light of the word we have heard tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for strength to do in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.